Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. We know that we've been talking about the forgiving father, but today's episode is going to be about dad's hand. So go ahead, sit back and enjoy while we have Pastor Richard Trinidad bring the word. And for all those of you who want to have more information on our church, Go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. That's right. And we'll have all events and information there for you. We love you guys. Enjoy. God protects us. So many times we don't even realize that God is protecting us. We don't even realize that the situations that we've been in where God's angels covered us. Can we thank God that he sends his angels to cover us and protect us? Not only that, but we found out that not only does he protect us, but he knows us and he carries us. And I don't know about you, we we ended the message last week talking about that there's situations in my personal life that if it wasn't for God carrying me, I probably wouldn't be here this morning. Amen? And I know that's some of your testimony today. So today we're going to continue. We're going to be talking about dad's hands. Amen. Everybody say that. Dad's hands. Come on, repeat it after me. Dad's hands. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says this. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. That's a key word right there. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage. Again, to fear. And what does that mean? That means you were in bondage to fear before. It also means that you were in bondage to something else, most likely. But to receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen? That's another key word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would impact our hearts. And I pray, God, that you will move upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I know most of us, when we think about adoption, most of us have a bad concept of adoption, right? I mean, know that if you found out that your mother wasn't really your mother and she adopted you and you just found out at this age, I mean, no, you might have a problem with that situation. How many would have a problem with that situation? Raise your hand, right? I probably would too. I would be like, yo, like I lived alive this whole time and uh, and I just found out that you're not my real mom, you're not my real dad and stuff like that. But, you know, some people, this is a great thing, right? Because some people come from a very bad situation, which is normally the case when somebody gets adopted. They come from a very bad situation where for whatever reason, their guardians were not taking care of them and then all of a sudden they, they get put into the system, which is a bad way to say, right? You get put into the system. It's not like prison. And so we have a concept, of a Western culture concept. And what does that mean? We know how adoption is done here in the United States. And sometimes it's not the greatest. But when God says, or when Paul says in the book of Romans, that God has adopted us and has a totally different meaning. Because when Paul's saying that God adopted us, he's saying it with the lens of his current culture. He was living during the Roman Empire. 
And so for, the, for those that don't understand the Roman Empire, it was the most powerful empire that ever existed. In fact, the United States currently has copied certain things about the Roman Empire, and that's why some of the things that the United States does is very successful. Why? Because they copy a very powerful empire. And so we have to understand this, right? We have to understand what it means to be adapted during the Roman Empire. And I'm going to tell you this, it's a very powerful thing. And I want you to lean in and really pay attention because it really shows the love that God the Father has for us. One of the things that we have to understand about adoption during the Roman Empire is that the Father had absolute power. Absolute power. What does that mean? That means if dad wanted his son or his daughter killed, it is lawful under the Roman Empire. Can you believe that? Under the Roman Empire, the father had absolute power. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's cool until he's 18. No, my friend, if the man was married with children, if the man had grandchildren, the father still had absolute power. In other words, everything had to go through the father during that time. And so when adoption used to take place, it used to be very hard. And by the way, adoption was a very formal thing. It was very serious. Because many times, somebody wanted to adopt a child, not because they loved the child, but because the child had status. Right? And so, the, so, so there was a negotiation that happened during the times of the Roman Empire for somebody to be adopted. And so to this morning, I want to talk about four things that happened during the Roman Empire that it correlates to what happens spiritually to us when we give our lives to Christ. Are you guys ready for this? Real quick, real quick, four very important things happened. The first thing that happened is the adopted person lost all rights of the former family. I'll say that again. The adopted person lost all rights of the former family. That means if I adopted you and you came from another family, everything was erased from the former family. What does that mean? That means you had no rights, you had no existence in that former family, and the person that was adopted gained all the rights of the new family. And what does that mean? Why are you sharing this? Well, let me tell you this, that when you give your life to Christ, everything that belonged to you in the enemy's kingdom, in the devil's kingdom, it begins to get erased completely. That means if the enemy was telling you you're not good enough, my friend, when you give your life to Christ, that gets erased. Why? Because when you give your life to Jesus, you leave everything from the former life and you adapt everything from the new family. Can somebody say amen? Look what Luke chapter 9 says. It says, still another said, I will follow you. And he said, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus says, listen to this, this is very powerful. He said, Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom. 
What is Jesus trying to say here? He says, listen, forget about your former life. Forget about those friends. It doesn't mean that he says stop talking to them and all that stuff. But forget about that lifestyle that you live. He said anybody that continues to look back, continues to do, to do the things that you did back then, before you give your life to Christ, he says you're not fit for the kingdom. And some of you might be saying, why is that? My friend, because Jesus shed his blood so that his father could adopt you into his family. We serve a king. We don't serve a servant. My friend, a king requires everything. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So when we give our lives to Jesus, there is no reason, there is no purpose to look back and try to get something from our past. There's a story in the Bible which is called Lot's wife. They don't even mention the woman's name. And when she looked back, she turned into a a heap of salt. Why? Because she looked back. God never intended us to be people that hold on to the past. He intended us to forget the past and push forward to the future. Can somebody say amen? I love what Simon Peter says in John chapter 6, verse 60. Let me read you. The story before he actually says the, the good part. In John chapter 6, verse 60, it says this. He says, When many of his disciples heard, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Now, some of the stuff that I'm saying, some of you might say, No, that, that's pretty hard. That's pretty hard for you to tell me that I have to forget everything in my past. There's some guys back then that I still. Still have feelings for. There's some girls back there that I still got feelings for. There's some people back there that I still, that, that I still have, have an attachment to. My friend, it's okay to go right them back there, but my friend, not at the expense of your salvation. Not at the expense of your walk with God. So, so John chapter 6 says, this is a hard saying, but Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this and said to them, do you take offense at this? Jesus might be saying that to you. Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the son a man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help. But all the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And watch this. And he said, this is why I told you that no one could come to me. Unless he is granted to him by my father. My friend, the reason why you're here is because God set it up for you to be here. There is no coincidence. Watch this. After this, many of his disciples turned away and no longer walked with him. Yo, that's bogus, right? So many times we want to hear the truth, but when the truth is told, Especially when it comes to the church, and when, especially when it comes to the kingdom of God, we start saying, this is a hard saying, and then many turn away and stop following Jesus. Watch this, and then, then Jesus looked at the 12 disciples. Now, these are the most closest people to Jesus. And let me tell you this, even Jesus felt the effects of people leaving him. And I know many of us, we've had people leave us. Sometimes we know why they left, and sometimes we have no clue. 
And I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of personality type you are. I don't care how hard you feel in the inside that you can handle yourself. When somebody leaves you, especially when you care about them, it affects you, doesn't it? It affects you mentally. It affects you emotionally. It affects you, my friend. And Jesus, oh, when all these people left him, he turned to the disciples and he said, do you want to go away as well? He turned to the closest people to him and he says, do you want to leave me as well? Do you want to leave me too? But what I love is what Simon said. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And he says, we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. We need people in the church when things get hard, when we start getting convicted, when we don't feel like coming to church and being committed. We need people like Peter and say, to whom shall we go to? Who's going to love us like Jesus loves us? Who's going to be there when everybody else leaves? Who's going to stick by us and never leave us? No, forsake us, my friend. Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one. I love that Peter said that. It's not like he didn't have a trade to go to. He was a fisherman. And back then, if you were a skillful fisherman, you made good money. He said, man, well, we can go back. We could go back to our jobs. We could go back to our families. We could go back to our old friends. And Peter said, nah, man, to whom shall we go to? Who has affected my life more than you, Jesus? We need people like that in the church. Right? We live during a season where this is like cancel culture. You say something wrong and they just cancel you. My friend, can you imagine if Jesus held to that teaching? Can you imagine if Jesus would cancel us every time we mess up? My friend, we don't serve a father that cancels us when we mess up. No, he says, a righteous man falls seven times, but seven times he rises back up. What does that tell us? He is a God of grace. Can somebody say amen? So the second thing, right? The second thing, the first thing, during Roman times, the adopted person lost all the rights of their former family. But then, the second thing is he becomes a hero to his new family's estate or his new father's estate. What does that mean? When he became a hero to his new father's estate, even afterward, if other sons were born to, to the father, they could make no claim against the adopted child because they were natural-born sons. In other words... When I adopt a child during the Roman Empire times, that means the child was as if he was naturally born to me. It was as if he was naturally born to me. It didn't affect the adopted son's rights. Everything that goes on in the natural children's, everything that goes to the natural children automatically goes to the adopted child. Watch this, Romans chapter 8. This is so powerful. We read it earlier. It says, the spirit we receive does not make us slaves again. Let me just stop right there and just say this. That if you have never given your life to Christ, you are not adopted. In other words, you are not a child of Christ. 
I know you hear this all the time. Everybody's a child of Christ. My friend, if you read the Bible, that's not true. Everybody is made in the image of God. But not everybody is a child of God. The only way that you become a child of God and God is your father is when you surrender your life to Jesus and you strive to live faithfully for him. Now some of you, this is like, yo, I never knew that. Well, my friend, that's why you come to church, so you can know this. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. It matters if Jesus is the Lord of your life. It doesn't matter who your family is. It matters if Jesus adopted you, if God the Father adopted you. And the only way he does that is through salvation first. Is being born again first. That's why Jesus uses that terminology. He says, my friend, you don't, I can't make you new. I need to make you brand new, like all over again. You need to be born again. And the reason why you're born again is because when God saves you, not only does he give you all these blessings, but before he does that, he puts his nature inside of us. What does that mean? That means, my friend, before Jesus Christ, you can't live right without Christ. The only reason why you have the authority and the power to live right when you're a Christian is because Jesus Christ puts his power inside of you to live right. Can somebody say amen? So watch this. He says, the spirit that you receive does not make you slaves again. So let me tell you this. If you don't have Jesus inside of your life, here it goes. Put your seatbelt on. You're a slave. You're a slave not only to the kingdom of this world, you're a slave to your flesh. In other words, you can't control what your flesh tells you to do. If your flesh tells you to smoke weed, guess what? You're going to get high. If your flesh tells you to sleep with that girl, guess what? You're going to sleep with that girl. Why? Because you become a slave. And the Bible says... You obey that which you listen to. No, I'm going a little deep here. But watch this. He says, he, it makes us children of God when the Spirit, we cry out, Father, and the Spirit himself joins our spirit. So we are God's children. So what is the privilege of adoption? Watch this. God not only is your creator, now he becomes your father. Everybody say father. I don't know about you, I love children. I love children, but not all children have access to me. <laughs> right? Like if a stranger's kids comes up to me, I'm going to love them and all that stuff, like they're my own. But if they start asking me for money, that, that child's going to have some problems. <laughs> because there ain't no way in the world I'm going to give a total stranger, especially a child, some money. Right? Because that child don't have what? Access. But if my daughter comes up to me, which she does many times, or if my son comes up to me and he does it once in a while, but when he does it, he acts big. He acts for big stuff. He don't ask for $20. He asks for hundreds and thousands of dollars stuff. But when he comes and asks me for that, the reason why they do it, and most of the time they get it, is why? Because I am their father. They have access to me. My friend, when you give your life to Jesus, you have access to the Father. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. The 
the same way Jesus heard the Father is the same way we can hear him too. The same way God rescued him by sending angels after his fast, my friend, is the same God that will send angels on your behalf to protect you and to minister to you. Why? Because we have access. It's a privilege of adoption. Not only that, but my friend, we have the Father's ear. It's real easy for me to ignore somebody else's ear. Right? Don't look at me. I feel you judging me. <laughs> you know it's easy for you to judge. I mean, uh, ignore somebody else's kids. They're not your kids. They'll go home to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my, my kids, my kids go home with me. So I could ignore them. But then they're going to get in the van with me. <laughs> and this is going to keep on talking. And asking. And all the way home. They're going to keep on asking and talking to me. And then when I go through my, when I go to my house, they're there. And they keep on asking. Right? The reason why is because they're my children. They have access to me. And that they understand that if you are a good, good father, like the Bible says God is, that you are not going to just give your kids junk. You're not just going to continue to ignore them. Why? Because they have your ear. The Bible says this, that the prayers of the righteous, another way to say this, that the prayers of those that have given their life to Jesus are effective and powerful. Why? Because you have God's ear. Some of, so some of you might be saying, you know what, this, oh, everybody got God's ear? No. The Bible says this, that when you give your life to Jesus, you have access to him. And your prayers are effective. Why? Because you're his child. God answers people that are not his child by grace. God answers children of God because that's what he said he would do. Amen. Another way to say this is that God answers people that are not his children because of his mercy. He answers us because of covenant. We have a covenant. And I don't, tell, I don't know about you, maybe there's some people inside of your life that have broken covenant with you, but that is not God. When God says something, he actually does it. And the reason why it is so beneficial for us to put our lives in the hand of the Father is because we get into covenant relationship with him. Let me put it like this. It's the difference between a girlfriend and a wife. It's the difference between a boyfriend and a husband. One of them you have a covenant relationship with. One of them is free to break up with. The other one is going to cost you a few thousand dollars sometimes. And if you're rich, it's going to cost you billions. Why? Because of covenant. My friend, when you give your life to Jesus, you become... Get into a covenant relationship with Jesus. You have access to God. If you have access to his ear, he'll, he'll listen to you. Amen? Amen. Third, third thing that happens during the Roman Empire adoption that correlates to spiritual adoption is the old life of the adopted person was completely destroyed. 
The old life, I'll say this again, of the adopted person was completely destroyed and wiped away. What does that mean? That means when the person was adopted and he goes into a new family, if he had hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, that's completely wiped away. Yo, that's amazing, isn't it? If you had a record before in the old family and now you got adopted into the new family, that record is completely wiped away. Ain't that powerful? That's awesome. It was almost like a person was actually, watch this, born again. It was like a person never existed and now this person existed. He was like a new person. He had a new start in life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says this. It says, if anyone, watch this, belongs to Christ, they are a new creation. All things have gone. Everything has been made new. That's what happens when we give our lives to Christ. It's like all your sin is written on a whiteboard. Lust, anger, adultery, fights, disobedience to parents, drug addiction. All that stuff is displayed on this whiteboard. And I don't know about you, if somebody would display all my stuff on that screen, we're going to have some problems. I might throw this mic back there. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I know y'all feel like that. Don't, don't look at me like you're judging me. But what happens when we come to Jesus, Jesus comes to this white screen. Pretend this is a white boy. And then he begins to wipe everything away. Why? Because when you come to Jesus, everything in your past is wiped away and you become absolutely Can somebody say amen? Amen. Your sin... It's like you never did it. Your records are destroyed. God doesn't make us better. God makes us new. God makes us new. If we could find some worship music back there. The fourth thing is this. The adopted person was permanently and absolutely the child of his father. You know, one of the things that I, I, I uh, if I was adopted, I would probably think, you know what, man, is this going to last? You know? If you come from a hard situation, or if you've come from a hard life, or bad situations happen to you, we're accustomed to think bad things are going to continue to happen. Right? It's like you have a fear, like, man, this is never... You know, the, things are going really good. I hope this lasts. How many ever thought like that? Yo, I met this chick. I hope this lasts. Yo, I got this job. I hope I don't get fired. When bad things happen to us, psychologically speaking, we think something is going to happen with that. I remember growing up, my mom, when we were used to laugh, we, you know, we were having a good old time, we're laughing, and just... It's just good. It's just, everything is good. I remember she would always say, hey, enjoy this moment because you never know. It might not last. It might not last. Right? Or she would say, oh, man, when that feels so hard, I wonder what bad thing is going to happen. 
Right? Because so many times we're accustomed to think something bad is going to happen. So watch this. When we are adopted into the family of God, we are permanently and absolutely the child of God. This is what used to happen in the Roman Empire. And this is, this is fair, right? This is fair. What happens is sometimes when the father would die, the natural children would start going to court and start going against the adopted children and say, you're not a legitimate child. You are adopted. That's why when somebody would get adopted during that Roman Empire, they would have seven witnesses. Seven witnesses will come and see the adoption take place. Some of you might be asking, why would that happen? Just in case the father would die, there will be seven people to say, no, this child has all the rights that the natural child has. My friend, that's what the Holy Spirit is for us. The Bible says that when we give our lives to Jesus, he seals us. That when the devil comes and says, you're not legitimate, you're not saved, God hates you. The Holy Spirit says, no, my friend, he was sealed when he gave his life to Jesus. She was sealed when he gave, she gave her life to Christ. Can somebody say amen? So right here, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Maybe you can play it up here, Margaret, if that's not working. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says this. I love what Paul says here. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? My friend, if God the Father is for you, who in this world, who under this world, who in the spiritual world can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave up for us all, for he Will not also along with him be graciously giving you all things? Watch this. Verse 36. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. This is my favorite part. He says, For I'm convinced. Paul says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life. Neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any other power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me paraphrase that. There is absolutely nothing that will be able to separate you from the love of God. I remember when I was studying the scripture, or studying for this message, I came across a story about a boy and a fireman. And the story goes like this, is that uh, there was a fire, a very, very bad fire, and the firefighters came in and there was no way for them to get inside of the house. It was so bad they couldn't go through the front door, they couldn't go through the back door, they couldn't break any windows. And one of the firemen actually had to climb up a pole to go up to the second floor because they saw a little boy crying out in the midst of the fire. And so as the fireman is climbing the pole, you can just imagine this, 
This fire is ablaze. I mean, the whole house is lit. And so you can imagine that this pole is extremely hot. Extremely hot. And so while the fireman is going up to the second floor, the gloves that the fireman has in his hands, they start burning as well. That's how hot the pole was. It got so hot that the fireman's hands began to get burned and the skin started to peel off. But eventually the fireman got to the boy on the second floor, brought him to safety, and he was saved. Unfortunately, his, the boy's family didn't make it. His mother, his father, his sister didn't make it. So it comes to the moment where the boy obviously has to get adopted, right? He's put into the system. He has no family. He has no father. He has no mother. He has no family to take care of him. And so eventually what begins to happen is a, a professor comes and begins to tell the judge, Hey, judge, I want to adopt this child because I can make him a genius. I can make him an absolute genius. I'm a, I'm a professor. After that, an architect came, an engineer came in, and, and he began to tell, tell the judge, Hey, judge, I want this child because I can teach him the necessary skills to become a millionaire. I can... Teach him how to make millions being an architect and in a builder. Watch this. And then another man comes in. And he stands up in front of the judge and the judge says, who are you? And before the fireman says anything, the boy says, judge, can I go with him? And everybody begins to look at this man and the judge says, why do you want to go with him? And the boy says, because I can see his hands. I can see the man's hands and I know who that man is. It turns out that that man that wanted to adopt that child was the same fireman that climbed up the pole when it was blistering hot. And the child says, I remember his hands. I know the guy. My friend, if you're sitting there and you're questioning, man, should I give my life to Jesus? Should I give up everything to follow Christ? My friend, all you got to do is look. of your father. The hands of the one that sacrificed his life for you. My friend, you don't have to give your life to Jesus and you don't have to commit your life to Jesus, but my friend, why wouldn't you? How could you not give your life to somebody like that? Some people say, man, this, this grace is so scandalous. This grace is so awesome and so unheard of. But my friend, that is the love of God. Amen. That he gave his only son to die on the cross. Not to get anything from you but you. Not to get anything from you but you. And so he... 
He sends His only Son, God the Father. And like I mentioned last week, when you look at the Son, you look at the Father. And if you look at the Son suffering, my friend, I guarantee you the Father was suffering as well. The Father was suffering as well. So you have to look at Dad's hand. So this morning, if this message impacted your life, maybe you're watching this on live stream. And you're saying, man, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I need to be adopted by that family. I need that kind of love. I need my past to be wiped away. And you know the beautiful thing about it is, is that no matter what you do with this family, no matter what you do with this family, God will always want you coming back up. He's never going to disown you. He's never going to forsake you. In fact, scripture shows that all you got to do is take one step to him and he'll move towards you. In fact, there's a story in the Bible that not only will he move towards you, he'll run after you. So this morning, this message impacted your life. If you say, man, I need to have my life in the Father's hands. I want you to lift up your hands. I, want, I just want to pray for you real quick. Maybe online you're watching us. You could do that in your bedroom. You could do that wherever you're at. If you're driving, make sure your eyes are open. Just say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I surrender my life to you. I thank you, God, that you could have just saved me, but you chose to have done. You could have just saved me, but you chose to have done. I thank you for welcoming me. As your child. So I'll give you my life, give you my heart, and I surrender to you. And I thank you for loving me even before I loved you, for sacrificing your life for me even before I surrendered my life to you. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you real quick as my wife starts coming up to make some announcements. So, Father God, I pray right now that you will move upon every single person. That you will move upon every single person's heart, every single person's mind. I pray, Father God, that you will move, God, upon every single person that is watching online. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you will move in a very special way, that your love and that your mercy God would rest upon them, Father. I thank you in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Just want to make an announcement real quick before my wife comes up here. If you're watching online and you still haven't made it to the church, I would really, really, I, I guarantee you, you're going to love it here. There's such a beautiful presence that's here. There's such a, a, a there's, it's just a different atmosphere. 
you know, so many times it's so easy to just log on online and there's nothing wrong with that. But I encourage every single person that is watching online to make your way to the house. We are very safe. We take your temperature. If you want to wear a mask, we give you a mask. If you don't have one, we have hand sanitizer, all that stuff. It is extremely safe. So, please, I would love, me and my wife would love to meet you. We would love to spend time with you. If you have children, we would love to meet your children. Make your way to the house of God. Amen? Amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Amen. Amen. What a powerful message this morning. Amen. How many are happy that they came to the house of the Lord? Amen. To hear the word of God. I know that every time I come to church, I always learn something new. I always gain something new for my life that I can apply and that I can live out for the Lord. Amen. As we go into our time of announcements. Um, announcements are important because that's how we stay connected to the church.